Hello, Renu. Declan, good morning. I have a question for you. <laughs> it's that time of the year again, early November, when November kicks off, of course. Absolutely. So my question to you is, have you heard of a Chocomo? No, but it some, sounds like something you'd buy at a bakery or... A Chocomo? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Chocolate croissant? Well, I had not heard of a Chocomo until this week, until a friend of mine in Germany uh, sent me a WhatsApp message to tell me about a Chocomo. Chocomo. And we're going to hear more about that uh, shortly. So hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of GU Cast. Uh, this is Declan Murphy, urologist here at Peter Mac in Melbourne, joined as ever by Renu Epen, urologist here at Peter Mac. Hello Renu. Hello Declan, I'm totally intrigued. What, yeah, what is a Chocomo? No, no, you'll have to wait, you'll have to wait. <laughs> it's worth waiting for the Chocomo. You can use your imagination, all of you out there, or people will be searching for it and so on, but um, we're going to reveal all about the Chocomo as we um, <laughs> celebrate uh, the start of uh, November uh, this year. So yes, we... Uh, thought that it's well worth dedicating an entire episode of GU Cast to Movember for lots of different reasons that we'll come to. And it's a, a great pleasure to welcome our studio guest today, who is Paul Vellanti, um, who many of you out there will know if you've been involved with Movember or indeed prostate cancer research, testicular cancer research, uh, men's health uh, research uh, over the past um, 10 years, because Paul is Executive Director of Programs at Movember and he joins us in studio. Paul Vellanti, welcome. Great to be here, Declan. Great Thank to you. have you, Paul. Thanks yeah, and thank you for uh, wandering out of your office or out of your home, I suppose <laughs> it is, and coming uh, up to Peter Mac uh, to join us today. Uh, how's, how's it been for you the past six months? Well, we've been lucky in a sense as a, an organisation that, that works internationally. We're pretty well set up digitally to um, to make the transition to a, a virtual world. But, um, you know, as, as we all know... Um, uh, social connection is a really important part of uh, of staying mentally healthy. So um, I think we all yearn for the days now where we can uh, get back with our our work colleagues and uh, and family and friends. So uh, it's certainly a weird world, isn't it, when we see Australia finally starting to uh, have a bit of liberty, but all our friends in Europe and North America. Are Heading the other way, for it's, sure. It's so weird, isn't it? And lots of our listeners uh, are from overseas. So we're, we're speaking here from Melbourne, where it's springtime and the evenings are getting long. And we've only just exited, you know, a very, very long many months of lockdown um, uh, here, where our restaurants and bars have only just opened. Um, kids only went back to school in, in the past few weeks. Everyone is still wearing masks and so on. But our numbers are bottomed out. And there is that, you know, really feeling of exuberance or freedom around the city as, as these freedoms come back to us, whereas very many of our listeners, especially in the Northern Hemisphere, are at the opposite end of that scale with uh, Europe and North America still really under the pump, and especially Europe now, these these waves kicking back. So we have our, our sympathies to our listeners who are in those areas, but we're speaking from the far side of our second <laughs> lockdown, and, and it, it's sunny over here, uh, the far side of lockdown. Just in time for November. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so so it's always exciting this time of the year, Paul. You've been with Movember uh, for more than 10 years now, more than my entire career back in Australia. So uh, it's a very busy time of the year for you. Yeah, when we think back in 2003 when Movember started with uh, 30 guys growing moustaches uh, in Australia and fast forward uh, 2020, uh, over 5 million men and women around the world have supported uh, men's health, obviously our work in prostate cancer as well as testicular cancer and mental health. But So it's been a, a phenomenal journey um, over a relatively short period of time. Yeah, yeah, five million people have participated in Movember campaigns. 
That's yeah. incredible. It's just incredible. Yeah. And what does that turn into? How much money uh, have you raised for these <coughs> initiatives that will come to shortly? Yeah, over so over that period, we've raised over 1.1 billion Aussie dollars wow. now. So um, we'd be one of the largest non-government funders of, of prostate cancer uh, and testicular cancer programs, as well as as well as our work in in mental health. So it's been uh, as a global organisation, uh, the, the opportunity to bring people. Uh, together around the world to get results faster. I think you, there, there are no other cancer charities that kind of work at the at the scale that we do over over uh, over many countries. So it's certainly a, a fantastic opportunity, but obviously a yeah a great responsibility to to, to uh, achieve really significant impacts with the, the funds that we raise. It's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, and testicular cancer and prostate cancer. I mean, such important uh, aspects of men's health to to focus on, but also the mental health and suicide, which uh, it's not really mutually exclusive. I mean, it goes hand in hand with those two very important diagnoses, as well as being quite prevalent in society. Oh, for sure, and and obviously both uh, from a diagnosis point of view, and then and living with cancer. I think yeah. uh, you know we've made great strides in uh, in treating the. The disease itself, but um, yeah, as as it becomes more and more a chronic disease for a lot of men, the uh, yeah, the, the the uncertainty around the future is um, is a big challenge, and I think it's it's an area that we've certainly put a lot of time and focus in uh, to uh, to really work through how we uh, yeah enable men to make decisions that they don't regret. But uh, you know, if if they're on active surveillance, as an example, how do we? Um, you know, with with the ups and downs of, of that journey, how do we um, you know give them the tools and knowledge uh, to uh, to stick with it over the journey where where that's safe to do so. Yeah. And we want to come to this year's campaign uh, uh, shortly, Paul, and talk about it because it's always a good buzz around the place when Movember launched. There's lots of great visuals and, and so on, uh, and we want to hear about the challenges around the world of, of launching the campaign this year. But before we do that, uh, we've hinted at some of these areas and uh, of, of priority research for Movember that uh, you've developed over the years. So can we ask you to to talk about a few of those? If I had to say to you, can you highlight some of the, the key areas that you're currently directing funding towards uh, around the world or, or maybe perhaps that you're developing uh, and we'll you know we'll pitch in along the way because we clearly have uh, benefited massively here in our center here in australia uh, from some of these initiatives and uh, the trials we've published uh, pro psma trials recently presented like therapy uh, iron man registry which we recently opened uh, in here uh, true up, north up uh, true PSMA. north testicular yeah. from psma yeah. lutectomy you yeah. name it you know this Absolutely. is all stuff that uh, has come out of the competitive funding that we apply for but that's only possible because of movember so we already have a lot of experience here in australia of benefiting from the way people support movember and so on but but can i ask you about the the priority areas the areas that you and your um, very esteemed scientific advisors and others have have highlighted to try and, and develop uh, by funding uh, these types of research programs. Sure. So with it, within prostate cancer, really we have three priority areas that, that we focus on globally. Yeah, the first is around biomedical research, and uh, yeah, in the early days it was about um, you know building a pipeline of new ideas and and uh, building a research community back in 2003 there wasn't much there and then as we've 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 uh, contributed in a fairly significant way to that you know that's led to obviously a lot of translational research and, and clinical trials um, a lot of that work has been focused in the castrate resistance space and we we you know we're, we're 
we've made a, I think a significant contribution to a lot of the new therapies um, that are either emerging or on mar- on market now. I think what what we've uh, we we did a big global review a couple of years ago now, and uh, really the feedback from that review was um, you're making really good progress in in the castrate resistance space but we need to strengthen our focus uh, in uh, identifying those that are at risk of high um, at high risk of lethal disease earlier so how do we identify how do we safely identify those men that um, that are, are at risk of um, you know, might be still in the high you know the localized disease space but how do we uh, I guess hit them hard earlier when it's safe to do so so from a, a biomedical research perspective, uh, many of the recent uh, initiatives that we've funded are, are very much focused in that space, so we'll try and double down there. We know that will make a significant contribution to reducing mortality. So the research, biomedical research uh, part of our portfolio has always been our, our largest piece, but alongside that we know many many men are, are living uh, long lives but are really struggling with the physical and mental side effects of treatment. So the, the two big initiatives that we funded uh, globally or our work around clinical quality, so working with the clinical community, the urologists, the radiation oncologists, uh, to enable them to better understand the outcomes that matter to patients and how do we, you know, there's, there's fantastic innovation going on across uh, the clinical community, but, and, and many of those innovations, whether it's uh, new treatments or combinations or indeed treatment techniques, um, have a big effect in uh, reducing the side effects of, of treatment. So working with the clinical community to kind of benchmark and compare outcomes so that we can uh, we can uh, reduce the number of men that experience lifelong side effects. So that's a really big part of our portfolio as well and in our True North program, which really is focusing around innovative digital health models, telehealth models that enable men to better... Um, manage their own sy- symptoms when they're, they're relatively small but bothering them, um, but also um, how, do, how do we better connect men into, um, into the health system if they're really struggling on an ongoing basis with, uh, with uh, side effects. So telehealth models are kind of a big part of our portfolio and now how do we bring those uh, initiatives into the real world so they become part of usual care. So they're the kind of the three large areas that we invest in, and, and I think increasingly a strong focus on. You know, we've built a lot of great evidence. How do we get that into the hands of men, and how do we kind of connect the most promising efforts around the world so we can get results faster? The outcomes research. I, I'll have to you know, highlight that as well, uh, because to me, I totally agree with you, Paul, in, in trying to understand what outcomes men have. It helps us ident- you know, identify men who are struggling. Uh, and, then, and then you have other resources that can help connect them to people who support them. But also from a quality point of view, it helps us understand, are we doing a good job? How do we compare with others? And that underpins a lot of this work. And for example, here in Australia, um, you fund the Prostate Cancer Outcomes Registry, PCOR, um, which was something that came out of here in Victoria. It was it was a separately funded thing but um, and was very good, started very well back in 2007 or thereabouts. But when Movember took an interest in this, it sort of dovetailed and now it's a national registry across Australia and New Zealand and produces these incredible reports that we receive regularly as clinicians and as hospitals which show us how our patients are doing in in almost real time within a few months of their treatment um, third party proms and, and so on so I think these are incredibly important initiatives because it's a it's a frequent experience around the world unfortunately that 
either clinicians don't know how their patients are doing six months later, 12 months later, and patients don't know how, how they're going to do because they have nothing to compare with. They're entering into a health system where there may be no output, they may, there may be nothing visible. Whereas with the PCOR registry, at least we can see the output. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's so important. It's what drives, um, you know, further development yeah, and, quality it's, improvement. It's co- and quality improvement. It, and also, it's important to close that gap between research and getting the benefits of that research to the people who need them. You know, and I think that that gap is so important in, in, in day-to-day practice. Oh, for sure. And I, I guess if I had to make a reflection globally, one of my biggest criticisms of the of the health industry not prostate cancer but generally is is that we don't systematically measure outcomes that matter to patients and i think the the prostate cancer community has really i think played a a, a great leadership role in 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 the whole cancer sector in in transforming that and putting uh, outcomes that matter to patients in the middle of uh, you know the center of, center of cancer everything. treatment yeah. and care but the thing is when you actually ask a patient how they're going, you, you can feed that information back into quality improvement initiatives, which, of course, we're doing. But critically, we're now seeing from a lot of research around the world that um, if you ask a patient how they're going and, and they say they're not doing that well, you can actually intervene a lot earlier than what would normally be the case, particularly for guys. We know we've still got you know the challenges of masculinity and you know you suck it up and you... You don't really take action on your health until um, until you've got you know no you're, you're, you're in significant yeah. distress. So these ideas around how do we kind of more closely follow uh, patients and if they're doing badly, intervene earlier where we know we can uh, we we can change the trajectory of that that health condition is 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 really important area. And you've been great to enable this, but some of this stuff you would look from the outside and say, well you know, outcomes registries, outcomes measurement, this should be part of routine healthcare, shouldn't it? And it shouldn't be up to people like Movember investing the money that uh, our citizens, our fellow um, uh, community um, have contributed. It should be just part of routine care. And I I, I know that's probably part of your philosophy. So look, we'll give this a leg up, but, you know, this should be just built in into health systems, surely, you know. Oh, absolutely. We we would love to see a world where these ideas are part of routine care. And one of the great things about Movember being, I guess, a larger investor in the sector is, is, is we can take the early risks. We can kind of prove up these ideas, you know, de-risk them from a government perspective, show they work. Obviously, um, our, our work is done very closely with the clinical community, so they're, they're key, key partners in the journey. And uh, But it's not just for prostate cancer. These ideas are things that really should apply across uh, all cancer conditions, indeed, yeah. more broadly. Yeah, we, we're, we're looking at the same challenges in mental health where we invest heavily as well. So it's certainly not unique to cancer, for sure. And I think all the uh, the telehealth initiatives that you mentioned also make this much more reachable for patients who, who physically can't, um, you know, make it to the big geographical locations. And I think, if anything, if we've learned from this pandemic that those health, telehealth initiatives are really important. Oh, for sure. And, and we, look, the reality is when you think about the side effects of prostate cancer, whether it's sexual function, continence, uh, so psychological challenges, mm. we don't have the workforce in, in regional and rural areas in most countries to, to uh, support um, those challenges yeah, in local communities. So that's, that's where yeah, telehealth, uh, and I think we've, we've made great strides in proving how we can operationalise that model. So hopefully... You know, that, that will be one of the long-term benefits we see from, from the COVID crisis. The other big headline um, 
initiatives that you've been supporting have come under the umbrella of your global action plan, the gap programs that you set up a few years ago. And my layman's interpretation of that, Paul, was as you grew out of Australia and started raising money uh, in other countries and started funding initiatives in other countries, you were, you were sitting back saying, well, hang on, look, these good people in the US or in Ireland or the UK are doing very similar work to what's happening in Brisbane or Sydney or Melbourne or Perth. Um, why aren't you all working together a bit more closely? I got that sense there was a, you know, some frustration almost because you had now a global view to say, well, we need, you know, people, we need to knock heads together and have people collaborate, not working in silos. Um, is, that, is that a fair uh, summary of how GAP came around, this initiative to try and get people to work closer together, almost by you know, pushing us harder to break down the silos? Yeah, for sure. And, and look, I don't come from a medical or health background. I come from a business background. So as a kind of an outsider coming into the industry back in 2007 and, and you know, speaking to experts around the world, you, 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 you found very quickly that, um, you know, that there was not only, you know, a lot of duplication going on, um, but also, you know, everyone's busy and they didn't kind of realise very often that, um, you know, there were groups doing similar work and uh, so we kind of used our role as a, uh, I guess, a global citizen to bring uh, like-minded you know, clinicians and researchers together. Um, and, and so out of that, we've funded seven global initiatives now. Um, and some of them really are taking on, um, of course, there's many great projects that can be done at a national level, but due to the, you know, the, the challenges of some initiatives, you can get results faster through global collaboration than you can through a, a local effort. So, for example, one of our global action projects is is focusing on um, exercise interventions and, and, and demonstrating, hopefully, in the end, um, that exercise regimes can um, slow down the progression of, um, of advanced prostate cancer. Now, that, that's a, a trial that a drug company, of course, would never do. Um, yeah. But a, but a trial that, if it's successful, you know, can be transformative in uh, extending survival of many men. And uh, you know, due to the the number of men that we needed to recruit for that study, the only way we could really pull that off um, was to bring groups together around the world to all collaborate on that project. So that's a really exciting example of of how we can uh, yeah, bring together the strengths that exist around the world to get results faster for men. And as you say, take a few risks because uh, people generally won't fund that sort of stuff. We'd never get that funded in a competitive grant process. There's no international structure to do it in multiple countries, really. So we need these these risk these people who will take a risk on something for the greater good. And, but it's not easy, as as you you learn with these projects. It's not easy doing these global projects. There's often lots of uh, difficulties, lots of barriers that you might not have anticipated. They're just frustratingly there, aren't they? Oh, for sure. And, and look, you know, I think we need to continue to challenge um, from a patient's perspective, um, you know, the way in which uh, some elements of research are done. I think, uh, you know, consent models, um, you know, their yeah, ethics models even. You know, of course, yeah, ethics committees play a really important role, but, um, you know, we, we've got to balance uh, the benefits for patients, I think, a bit more sometimes and, and think a bit more innovatively around how we conduct research because you know we we certainly find often that it you know takes you know 12 months two years to get you know important projects off the ground and 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 yeah. that's that's two years lost for the oh. benefit of patients so we we want to in a, in a constructive way continue to challenge the way in which research is is done so that we can ultimately get 
get results faster. And you've uh, extended that kind of concept of physical activity to a lot of the other projects, um, you know, to a lot of the other Movember activities, have, haven't you? Because even though the probably the most well-known activity during this month is is growing your mo, um, there are other ways you can you can be involved. Yeah, it's uh, we, we we really try and make it as inclusive as possible. Obviously, we we, we know uh, it's uh, tough of women to grow mustaches, <laughs> of course. So. Uh, Although we don't know what the Chocomo is yet. Coming soon. Coming <laughs> soon. We'll hold off on that one for a moment, hey. But uh, look, people can participate, obviously, growing a moustache. And it's still not too late, even though we're a few days into the month now, uh, to grow a moustache. But uh, for people that want to do a, a move challenge, whether it's a walking challenge uh, or an extreme challenge, we get an unbelievable number of uh, different uh, challenge health challenges that people take on during the month, hosting events. And uh, we've also got a a new fundraising scheme called uh, Mow Your Own Way. So people kind of take on yeah, stunts and really <laughs> silly challenges sometimes. Uh, so I think already this month we've had uh, people uh, raising funds by uh, having a shower in chocolate milk or having a, a, a bath full of baked beans and some really, <laughs> some really out, there, uh, out there fundraising stunts. But when, when you really put put your... Uh, fundraising in the hands of the community and you just ask them to register at movember.com and just get creative amazing (laughs) what what happens around the world so that fun that original fun of the campaign is is uh, evolves doesn't it and uh, if you if you put it into the hands of people they'll reinvent it as well so it's still fun isn't it the campaign is kind of based around a lot of let's do something good but let's let's have fun doing it whether it's the the actual Mo or the Mo sisters uh, supporting their partners or Mo Your Own Way. It's, it's, uh, it's all just an evolution of the theme of fun for men's health. And, oh. you know, and it's important to, to be creative, especially this year, because now everyone's got masks on and I, I imagine that must impact on, yeah. on you know, the, the visual, the visual of, <laughs> of the Mo. Yeah, there's kind of plenty of virtual moustaches on masks. But, yeah, it's, it's a... Uh, it's a real downer to not be able to, uh, mind you, my moustache isn't uh, hasn't got too much of a breaking right at the moment. But yeah, for sure, the uh, the uh, the masks are uh, are a challenge for us in that regard. But to your point, Declan, I think we underestimate the 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 importance of fun, particularly for men, as a as a way to start yeah difficult conversations, uh, whether it's in relation to cancer or, or mental health. So yeah, fun is a you know guys like to have. You know, conversations side by side, and and we actually find fun is a really powerful way um, to enable difficult conversations to to start. So you know, Movember is all about you know having fun and, and doing good. And, uh, and a lot of the people who get involved, I remember from when I first did it, uh, uh, soon after you joined, <laughs> is because of a personal interest for us working in prostate cancer. But for for many men out there who've been affected themselves, or very often dad's been diagnosed, or there's a personal connection. So I, that, that's very important as well. The, the fun uh, can often go alongside with a really personal interest in why this is important. And for example, testicular cancer, that, you know, affects younger men. Um, and we wanted to ask you a bit about that because the, the prostate thing is such a big disease area. If someone like me works full-time in prostate cancer, that's important. But these other areas, mental health and, and testicular cancer. Um, so the True North program, which came out of prostate cancer, trying to um, understand the uh, experiences of people living after prostate cancer, is now in testis cancer i understand yes correct so i think yeah testicular cancer is a is i guess a, an area where uh yeah the research and clinical community yeah have have made fantastic 
strides over many years and survival rates are, are high. And uh, so what we saw was there really wasn't a lot of funding going into testicular cancer, yet we, we knew, um, you know, young men in particular, you know, it's, 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 the, uh, it's a form of cancer that uh, most commonly hits young guys. Um, you know, y- young men still die from, from uh, testicular cancer and, and the, the, the quality of life challenges, particularly the, the mental health side of things, yeah. um, it, is really tough for these guys. So it, it was an area where we saw an unmet need, even though we've made a lot of progress. So the True North program and, and Peter Mack have been a you know, fantastic partner in that program was really around how we, um, how we provide uh, personalised resources uh, to guys that have been diagnosed with um, testicular cancer, both to help them through that journey, you know, increasing their literacy around decision-making treatment options, uh, as well as um, supporting them through the journey, connecting them up if they want to with, um, with other men like them that have gone through the journey just to provide them with a bit of peer support. So um, that's a program that we're, we're really excited. Yeah, and again, with... Movember being able to build these ideas, we can start them in a couple of countries such as Australia, but then make them available to men all around around the world. Mm-hmm. So we've got a clinical trial that we're uh, we're looking forward to uh, the results from that Peter Mack has, has led, and uh, and certainly all the feedback uh, from the program uh, to date is it's really helped um, you know, young men make uh, you know, informed decisions around treatment and, and better cope with the ups and downs of, of living with uh, testicular cancer. And we'll put links in our show notes to many of these programs, the, the, the main November campaign websites, but also some of these ongoing uh, initiatives so people can learn more about it. Um, but in finishing, we did promise we would talk about the Chocomo. <laughs> so um, uh, this is based on this year's campaign, Paul, and there's a friend of mine in Gronau in Germany. Uh, his name is Christian Wagner. He's a, a very well-known urologist, a very high-volume prostate cancer specialist. Uh, and he's been doing Movember for 10 years, uh, actually supporting Movember for more than 10 years. Um, but he, I saw he sent me a clip the other day that he was posting on social media about something called the Chocomo uh, which was to do with this year's campaign. So he explained it to me in a call I had with him uh, earlier today. I've been a Mobro for since 10 years. And for this year, we've we've tried to make something different because we figured a lot of men we see in our practices are actually not going by themselves, but their women push them to go. So why not ask women this year to grow a mo, but they can't? So what can they do? We, we were thinking about, okay, is there another possibility? So we, are, uh, we created the Chocomo, which is nothing but just putting some chocolate in your face by just biting into something very <laughs> delicious and sweet. And then creating a small clip, showing everyone that you care for the men in your life and sharing it with others and nominating. Kind of like a challenge in social media to, to create some buzz, to find people to, to be attracted to the Movember idea and maybe finally to, of course, uh, get some more uh, support from Movember as well. So we are trying to address women and children this year because they not, cannot grow mustaches. So we try to convince them to not grow one, but to spread one on their upper lip, kind of. There you go, Renu. So <laughs> it does I, involve going you. to the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you the chocolate thingy. He said even you could modify this for Australia and have a Vegemo. Uh, oh, like, you know, my Vegemite. kids are Vegemo. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So the Chocomo, we'll have a link out to Christian's uh, Chocomo campaign. So there you go, Paul. That, that's the fun of it, people reinventing themselves. People who've raised a lot of money, as Christian and his team at Granau 
have done over the years. That's a great example of mowing, <laughs> mowing your own mowing way. Mowing your own way, way. exactly. <laughs> but I'm reading on your website, Paul, that, that you guys have funded more than 1,250 projects since, since Movember started. So amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And then we can only do it through the support of our community. Yeah, so um, exactly. every, every well year we're, we're humbled with that support. Sure. And I know you fund a lot of them directly yourselves through the Movember Foundation, but you still have all these very important partnerships with people like here in Australia, the Prostate Cancer Foundation, who you support their existing research programs to enable them to carry out grants and so on. And that's where ProPSMA came for. So I think those relationships are just dry, raising the whole sea uh, level on the work we can do to support uh, men's health initiatives. So we thank you for that, Paul. It's very good of you to come uh, all the way in here and say hello to us. And we will put all the links in here and push out uh, our support for the Movember campaign this year it's been fantastic to talk to you great for your time today thank you and that's all we have time for today renew um so choco mo i challenge you i i'm, I'm gonna do it <laughs> so if you don't <laughs> see uh, renew posting choco mo's before the end Next of the week please cast. start harassing her on the social <laughs> media uh, but i'm sure she will and that's all we have time for so please do support movember get involved it's not too late just go to movember.com and you can sign up for something or support your friends uh, that's all we have time for today bye bye